Hello and good morning, Kansas City. Five o'clock. That means it's time to rock with the Run It Back show with myself, Dusty Likens, and my guy Pete Sweeney, who's on four hours of sleep. That about right? You're getting close there, I, I yep. think. Yeah. Good morning. Good day to be a Kansas City and good day to be a Chiefs fan. As we are now, I would say, about 10 days away. About? Or we are. I don't know. Some Somewhere. I don't know if you're rounding up or rounding down with that. I don't know the exact hours in front of me, but it's about around 10 days till Super Bowl 55 trying to defend that, that championship. It seems like every day, the week leading up to the week of the Super Bowl, like people will always come up to me and say, boy, how eager are you? You get up every morning at 3.30 and prepare for a show for a game that's still X amount of days away. It's just, it's pure hype at it's this easy. point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's easy, man. It's the just- adrenaline is pumping. This is the best time of year, I, I think, to even be on the air. It's because there's just so much excitement that's going right. into this playoff push. And you have the best player, so that's that's always a good thing. Against the greatest player. Right, all time. the previous. And so, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a push for the crown, and you get to take it from the king. I just get confused, and maybe we can talk about this next week, um, as I'm sure we'll have a lot more uh, opportunities to do so. But didn't the torch already get passed, like when they beat him in New England? Yeah, they beat him in New England last year. Yeah, like, I wasn't it already it, passed or not? Does that it need to game, be a- uh, that game got a little dicey. I, I don't know necessarily with the referees getting involved. There was remember that that call at the goal line that was not the right call, and it went in the Chiefs' favor. This is for the championship against Tom Brady, who's really trying to prove something. You know how badly he wants this one to not only prove it to himself but New England. Yeah, and you have Patrick Mahomes who can come in and just take it from him. I just. I guess we have to have a, a regular season torch, and now it's the postseason torch. You're, you're saying there's two torches. I, there has to be, because I could have sworn they said it was passed last year, and now everybody's running with this. Is this the year that Brady passes the torch? It's like, well, I guess if it is Tom Brady and it is Patrick Mahomes, the only two quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls in the last two years, now literally in the last three years, Either Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes will be the Super Bowl winner, which is crazy. Now there's a playoff torch. I I don't know about this whole two-torch theory. There's two torches. I don't know. Well, speaking of somebody that got torched uh, once again. (laughs) Wow. um, Rough transition for my guy. Everybody knows who they're listening to. I'm not the, I'm not a nice guy. Yeah, you you spit it the truth. The tribe has spoken. Yeah. Okay, his torch is out once again. Jeff Probst. Well, you know, Rock and Roll Jeopardy, very underrated show from the <laughs> 90s. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's what got that man Survivor, and what a job that is. Um, Pete, we like to have fun. We like to have, uh, you know, intelligent conversations. Uh, we like to have a little bit of a, of aggressive conversation. This is a topic in which, my God, it's hot in here. This is a conversation, Pete, that we have to take kind of seriously. Because I don't want to seem like I'm supporting something that is incredibly kind of just an anomaly, I think, when it comes to Eric Bieniemy 
missing out again right. with a head coaching job. And I get it. People that are driving around. Thanks for listening, by the way, to the Run It Back show here on 610 Sports Radio with Dusty Likens and Pete Sweeney. Uh, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 a.m. We'll be here next week and the week following. Thanks, Kansas City Chiefs and 610. But the thing about Eric Bieniemy missing this now yep. is that he was passed up again by, I guess, what you would look at as somebody whose resume doesn't quite check all the boxes the way Eric Bieniemy's checks all the boxes. Eric Bieniemy now is an offensive coordinator with a Super Bowl ring on his finger. He's an offensive coordinator now that has a 14-game winning season underneath his uh, resume. He's an offensive coordinator that is part of the Andy Reid tree forever and ever. You can never take that away from him. And he has clearly the backing of one of the best coaches to coach the NFL and also a quarterback who is the up-and-coming best player in the NFL. Here's why this is concerning to me as we dive into why he misses out again. And there's really three things that come to mind when I speculate on what happened with Eric B because he was passed on a guy who was an African-American coach. He was passed on a guy who was a coach from the Andy Reid tree. And he was passed on a guy who was Basically an assistant coach. Like he was an assistant head coach to Jen, to John Harbaugh. Assistant head coach, by the way. Just and you can It's continue. just a fancy title. It's a fancy title that right. doesn't really mean like the assistant head coach for the Chiefs is, is Dave Tobe. Right. Uh, you know, not 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 to take away. I mean, I'm sure it comes with a certain stipend or whatever like that. But sure. essentially, as you were saying, David Culley is a wide receivers coach for the Ravens. And that's where I think you look at the resumes where it kind of gets confusing because the wide receiver resume in Baltimore is not great. Like Hollywood Brown did not take a step in the way, in the direction that I think all of us may have the preseason. I know Serta and I, Steven Serta uh, and I hosted the force of punt podcast on fantasy football. We thought he would make this gigantic, almost like a Cal Ridley jump. And he didn't make that jump. Eric B is not getting a job in the NFL. And the only three things that I can think of is he's either a not selling himself enough in interviews B, the length of his seasons in the last two to three years are causing some sort of concern. And three, they either just don't think that he has as much control of this offense that is out there or is being played that is out there and they're seeing past it and they're just debunking that he is the offensive coordinator and that he has full control Because he's been with this team longer than Nagy and Peterson. He's had more success as the title of offensive coordinator than Nagy and Peterson. And yet, here we are again. Every vacancy is filled. And Eric Bieniemy is still in Kansas City with no other job title other than OC for KC. And Pete, those are my theories on the speculation of why he's not getting the job. And maybe I'm completely wrong. And more information will come out. But it seems like... There's something beyond what the obvious is in the NFL because they hired an African-American coach. So I can't use that as a theory, even though I think there is still a problem with that in the NFL, but that wasn't where Houston went. They didn't go with like a, a Josh McDaniel, yeah. you know, young and up and coming white guy for a head coach. They went with another guy from another system that's still under the Andy Reid tree. And once again, here we are, Eric Bieniemy missing out. 
Yeah, I I tend to want to give Eric Bieniemy the benefit of the doubt. Now, I know when the Atlanta job was open, there were some things floated out that maybe he wasn't interviewing well. I don't know the truth to that, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt based upon the things that Andy Reid has said and Patrick Mahomes have said and really other people that know him from around the National Football League. And with that in mind, I want to separate like the Houston job from these other jobs, because I think there's an alternate theory with the, this job in particular, because he's interviewing for everything. With this job in particular, where it seems like Nick Casario's going to have a lot of control, seems like the team chaplain turned executive, uh, Jack Easterby is going to have a lot of control. To me, that wasn't the most attractive job. And really, beggars necessarily can't be choosers, but at the same time, who knows how enthused Eric was about maybe taking that job in particular. So I think about that. I also think about this. I just don't know where the Chiefs go from here. And that, to me, hurts the enemy because you have Mike Kafka, who other teams now, you heard the Eagles last year try to get Kafka, the quarterback's coach for Patrick Mahomes, out of Kansas City to be an O coordinator. The rules were different back then. Andy Reid and the Chiefs reportedly blocked that And then this year, it was floated out that the Seahawks had interest in Kafka for an OC. Now, this is a guy that's probably deserving of being an offensive coordinator here in Kansas City right now after this Super Bowl. And with Eric Bieniemy not moving on, it bottlenecks you because you have another guy that Andy Reid likes to talk about and Joe Blymeyer, who was in the booth and he does all the research and helps to find plays at like the creative ones that you see. And he plays a big part in that. He could maybe be the quarterback's coach. And you see where I'm saying here, you're getting a bottleneck of these coaches in Kansas city. I wonder if Andy Reid goes in the direction of making these guys Kafka and be enemy next year, co-offensive coordinators. I wonder if maybe the enemy looks at the college ranks to see if he could call plays there or goes to another team where he could call plays. I don't know what the chiefs are going to do moving forward, But if the answer is, okay, they're going to be co-offensive coordinators similar to Nagy and Childress, to me that hurts Biennemi's stock, and he's already interviewed for 13 teams. I'm starting to wonder, is this ever going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I don't – if you have to put a gun to my head, this is three years in a row. I mean, I don't get it. I don't understand. And that's why those theories – I think that's why those theories come to mind when it comes to why he's not getting the job. The and and I and I and the thing that and we talked about this a little bit, Pete, and and maybe we can approach this in a different way some other time. But it seems like when he's not getting these jobs, it's like the guys that are behind him that have a lot of rumored talent that could become these guys. Where do they go? Where do we miss out on that? And what I mean by that is Kafka. Like, Kafka has clearly been the guy that they've talked about for two years now that are ready to take the ranks. Right. And it's like, do you want to keep moving forward with Eric Bieniemy and keep the recipe the way it is? Because if you make the cookies the same way every time and they taste great every time, chances are every time you do it in that way, they're going to be the same way. So if Eric Bieniemy is your offensive coordinator next year, you're probably going to keep the same chemistry with the team. You're going to keep the same type of rhythm with the offensive coordinator meetings. It's probably going to be the same result, but 
How do we know it can't get better if we don't use someone else who might get to that point? And I'm not saying that I need somebody else at offensive coordinator on this Chiefs team, but clearly nobody else is going to move up in those ranks or take over in that spot while Eric Bieniemy is still here calling the shots because he, again, has missed out on a head coaching gig. And I'm like you. Maybe it is the college spectrum that like a, he can like be more successful there, yeah. on there. The length of the season certainly hurts. I mean, that that is something that has been on my mind as well. It just doesn't seem fair that teams whose coordinators are out of the running have this grand advantage where they can meet in person like a month before just because the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think that helps either. But again, in this particular Texans case, I just think it's a different type of, of job and situation there from what John McClain of the Houston Chronicle told um, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He kept on saying that the Texans were impressed with Cully and his ability to be a talker. And I wonder if it was just a situation where, okay, I'm the Houston Texans. We're going to go with the guy who we think has the best chance of convincing Deshaun Watson to stop freaking out and come back. And maybe they thought that that was Cully instead of enemy, And maybe they didn't have enough time with enemy to know because he's busy preparing for a Super Bowl. Now, we're guessing at this point because you know, I, I think we're all just a little bit befuddled. Well, something that's not befuddled is that there is actually people talking today that play for the Chiefs. Pete, you want to let the people know who's going to be there today at the uh, at the practice on Thursday and the followed by their uh, – the players that might be talking today. Yeah, we had an, an injury report yesterday, and this is just an estimated injury report. The Chiefs didn't actually practice, but I'll, I'll read through the limited names right here. Bell, Clyde, Rashad Fenton, Willie Gay, Mike Remmers, Legarius Sneed, Sammy Watkins, Andrew Wiley. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was designated a full with that toe. They're still treating it. Eric Fisher, of course, didn't practice. He was um, designated with a torn uh, Achilles, so he's out for the Super Bowl. So those are your limited participants and we actually have a a pre-super bowl week media nice day today for the for the local media andy reed will speak uh, patrick mahomes tyree kill tyron matthew and chris jones that's coming to you at 1 p.m so that'll be right in the conclusion of coding gold I'm, I'm assuming they'll get some of those for you live right here on 610 sports radio so we're gonna start to get some chirping and uh, we know we like that going into the super bowl 55 Speaking of people that chirp a lot and 55, this guy gets a lot of smoke during the regular season, but I don't think it matters because he shows up in the postseason. More of that on the Run It Back show here on 610 Sports Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Second and fourth, the Kansas City 45-yard line. Chiefs by 16. Allen being rushed. He's gobbled up. He went swimming, and the shark got him. (laughs) Josh Allen never saw the shark blowing in from his right shoulder. He obliterated right tackle Darrell Williams. A loss and a sack back to the 45-yard line. Buffalo's own 45. That call from Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. You can hear Mitch Holtis every time the Chiefs play on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf. No longer on 101 The Fox, sorry. Ooh. I feel like there's a sponsorship there just waiting for me on 106.5 The Wolf. You think so? I know so. Because you uh, are the dirty werewolf. I, I, that's correct. I didn't make that connection. Who, yep. who coined that? Was that Jay Binkley? No. Don't give him that credit. <laughs> wow. Quick no. 
Yeah. Now, I was a quick background story to that before we get into this uh, topic on Frank Clark. That was a Josh Vernier Royals postgame young Dusty Likens Mm. uh, production days. Somebody said, Dusty Likens, I'm going to start calling the Dirty Werewolf. And then Vern just said, that's it. That's your name. I'm not going to call you anything else the rest of the night. And then it stuck. Shout out shout out to our guy, Vern. Yeah, big Vern, man. Big V, JV. Once we get through Super Bowl 55, Royals will be in full swing, and that's that's Vern time. Yeah, and then you Vern get time. Vern's hot stove, and you get uh, spring training, you get baseball back in action, and who knows, man? Maybe we're back at the stadium. And speaking of Jay Binkley, maybe it's nacho hot dog time because, you know, <laughs> oh, that gosh. guy is – He loves – That guy is horny for nachos and jalapenos. Yeah. Oh, man. A little like, the add-ons and the trimmings on the hot dogs. You want to make Jay Binkley's day? Buy him a hot dog and nachos from Quick Trip and take it to him. There you go. He'll love you forever. Speaking Next of somebody, Speaking of somebody that you'll love forever that I don't think gets enough love and enough recognition for what they do uh, when it matters is, is Frank Clark. Mm. So we all know that, that during the regular season, Frank Clark gets a lot of, he gets a lot of scrutiny because he just <laughs> either, you know, they, that he doesn't show up right. or that he's because, and here's the thing is that when guys are like Frank Clark, which I love Frank Clark, Frank Clark's going to go down as one of my favorite chiefs of all time, covering a team like this in a city because of, how he's busting into Zoom meetings, his one like you like the jump up, love it, love the mink coat, love what he said last year to James Palmer after the AFC Championship game where he was so serious. How he said he looked like a wild Thornberry's character. How he said he's going to see Tom Brady's ass on Sunday, and then I look at last year's numbers. He had five sacks in last year's playoff run with the Chiefs. Five. I know he's got two this year, right? In the playoffs. And you heard the audio coming in as he just, you know, Josh Allen didn't see the shark coming. And I feel like he gets a pass from me on not putting up these outrageous sack numbers or always being there in the regular season because I truly do believe that these guys know the importance of this team. They know that they want to win three in a row. They want that dynasty legacy. They really, truly want that. We're in the second leg of the three moving this team towards a dynasty. Right. And when it comes to Frank Clark, the guy talks so much in the playoffs, but yet he backs it up. The guy is a leader on this team, and he backs that up. Seven sacks in five postseason games in the last two years for Frank Clark Combine that with six with 14 tackles, nine of those being solos, and nine QB hits. The guy pressures the quarterback when it means the most. He shows up when it means the most. And just like the Dumb and Dumber quote, you completely redeem yourself. And I think people don't focus enough on playoff Frank the way they focus on regular season Frank Clark. And I'll give you the floor. Yeah, I was asked yesterday who is the most important player entering this Super Bowl, and I think there's a, a real, real case for Frank Clark. And it's because I, I think at this point, you know Chris Jones is going to bring it. You know Tyron Matthews is going to bring it. You feel great about the offense. If you're going to beat Tom Brady, you need to get pressure on him. You need to make him feel uncomfortable. Frank Clark could be the difference maker in this Super Bowl if he can break through and, and get to him. And I, I think that's how important he is entering this game. And you talk about motivation where maybe, you know, the, the regular season is, and I'm, I don't know if there's a better word to say it, a little bit boring to these guys. And I, 
I'm interested in the challenge next year if they are able to get this Super Bowl done. How do you motivate a team who's just now done it twice in a row? It seemed like it was hard enough keeping them active and motivated for that this first run. That's a problem for another day. And you think about Frank Clark, the two sacks in the AFC title game, it does feel like he's finally cooking. I actually had an opportunity to ask him about those two sacks after the you know slower-paced regular season. Here's what he had to say after the game. Um, I just I'm just happy to be able to do everything I can for my team. Honestly, um, I don't really count numbers and stuff like that, man. I've been successful in this league individually for a long time now. Um, you know, just doing what I have to do, man. Uh, I know how important it is, you know, for this for this um on this tour that we on, man, to get back to this position that we in now. And um, you know, like I said, I, I sacrifice a lot, man, and just to be able to go out there, man. My coaches put faith and trust in me. Um, got all the faith in the world with Spags, part and plays. Yeah. And that's all it is with us. That tells me that he and the rest of the team just realizes the opportunity that they have here. It's so difficult to be in a position to win back-to-back titles in any sport, let alone the NFL. In the NFL, it just does not happen. Right. You know what I mean? It does yes. not. And so there's no worry, no bone in my body that is concerned that this team is not going to bring it 10 days from today. Like I said, I, I am interested in next year, though. It'd be interesting. I mean, it just seems that when the playoffs get here, we just get into this mindset that it's, and it's fair to just lean heavy on the Mahomes talk and lean heavy on the offensive weapons and everything like that. But it's like when the playoffs get here, they shut down major offensive weapons on opposing teams. And that's the defense. Like that's where Derrick Henry's playoff run went out. That's why you had smart Football people, analysts, picking the Browns and Bills in back-to-back right. weeks because they didn't look like this and the way they played the Bills. And that's fine. For a bunch of weeks. It is fine yeah. because they still were able to win. I mean, yeah, you were playing with fire a little bit. Right. I didn't love to see the Chiefs in a game with the Atlanta Falcons who have no business being in a game with the Chiefs. But at the same time, when it's time to turn it on, they turned it on and it fooled a lot of the smarter football people out there in the world. Not only that, if you remember that Atlanta Falcons game, that final drive, it was 32 and and the Chiefs just literally getting all inside Matt Ryan's face with those red jerseys. Speaking of Pete Sweeney, those red jerseys, we have a little bit of time to talk about this itty-bitty little topic. Uh, Tampa chooses white, Mm. and the Chiefs mean they get to wear red again in the Super Bowl. Do jerseys do it for you? you, you, Does it matter? I I know a lot of people wanted the white for the Chiefs. My buddy RJ, so I do Arrowhead Pride. There's the Cowboys Shout version of that. RJ. Blogging the boys. He brought this to my attention the other day. I believe in the last 16 years, 13 of those years, the team wearing the white jersey has won the Super Bowl. The other two were green, and that was the Packers and the Eagles. And then the other one was the Chiefs red last year. So more times than not, white jerseys get it done. But I'm happy about the Chiefs getting to wear their red. I think the classic combo is one I'm a fan of. I have always liked the fact that they don't go too far away from their classic jerseys. I think there's something kind of special about Patrick Mahomes wearing the same jersey as Lynn Dawson. And so, you know, I'm, I'm good with this. I, I like the, the Bucks look, too. I think they're going to look sharp in, in, in a losing effort. That's fair. Tom Brady's jersey should be green by the end of the game um, if you're a fan of the defense. What is your favorite Chiefs jersey combination? I know we don't have a lot of them. 
I have one. What I really wanted to see was the white on white with the red lettering. That's what I wanted. The red socks? Yeah. That's my favorite combo. Yeah, I know red I on at. red gets Chemistry all bros. this. It gets all this love. The best Chiefs jersey was, I believe it was 2016, when they went on that 10-game run to get back in the playoffs after being 1-5. They wore these white, lucky jerseys with the red socks. Right. They didn't work in the, the playoff game against New England Patriots, but, uh, man, I love that jersey combo. Yeah, white on white never stays really clean, which I get can That's look kind of dirty. But I mean, That's like, fine. That's grit. Yeah. You know? I like it at the end of the game with, with nice little green stain on the shoulder. I wouldn't be upset if they made that their full-time road uni, but I, you know, that's that's the thing about the Chiefs and the Hunt family. They want to keep it classic and only have this red on red or white on white for special occasions. I love it, um, Pete. I'm getting real damn sick and tired of people keep doing this to the Chiefs. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Run It Back Show on 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And on first down here against a really good Tampa defense, he's throwing it long. Gunning it long, Tyree Kill holds it in at the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City! Tyreek Hill, an explosive first quarter, 75-yard touchdown reception on a perfect strike from Patrick Mahomes. Three eligible to the left side. Kelsey single to the right. Mahomes throwing to that. Tyreek Hill over the shoulder, 15-yard line. Cuts it back inside. Five. He backflips into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. 44-yard touchdown reception, and Tyreek Hill is close to 200 yards receiving in the first quarter. Hey, man, you need to put you at 99. No, somebody call them folks, man. Hold on, what are you doing? You know what? Somebody call, hey. Hey, man, you need to put you at 99. No, somebody call them folks, man. Hold on, what are you doing? Hold on. Hey, they need help. I'm doing a center short. They, hey, help. Okay, you on the way? Okay. Help is on the way. Over top. Help is on the way, guys. They need help. Welcome back. Run it back playoff show here on 610 Sports Radio. That sound of Tyreek Hill saying they need help, courtesy of Showtime's Inside the NFL. There's a lot of people out there, Pete, that need help. And I'm getting pretty damn sick and tired of it. It's just, you know, it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was cute when the NFL Network did it and they put Patrick Mahomes at four, which I have a really strong feeling that they will not be having him at four this year. Mm. And, you know, it just, it gets annoying when it's the same thing consistently. And what I mean by it's annoying and getting tired of it is that people consistently, and I think that maybe for some reason the, the smell of the new car for the Chiefs being the most successful and dominating team in the NFL is still evidently there. Like people don't want to accept the fact that they are who they are and doing exactly what they're doing. Right. This team with their starters on the field for a game, have not lost since week five. 
They went through a stretch where they scored 20 points or more in 24 of 26 games. And yet these people in the league want to continue to throw smoke where it doesn't need to be thrown. And now we have Scotty Miller. How would you do if you and Tyreek Hill lined up? Oh, I'm, I'm taking me every day of the week. Um, I'll take me over anybody. Tyreek is unbelievable, uh, super quick, unbelievable talent. But if we're talking about race, I mean, I got all the confidence in myself against going up against anybody. Wait, you think you're the fastest guy in the NFL? Yes, sir. This is not – okay, this is a dumbass take by Scotty Miller. I am <laughs> all about believing in yourself. Like, I would go on record and say that I'm probably the best-looking person that works at 610. That's not a stretch. Right. That's really not a stretch. Yeah, right, right. I've yeah. seen what I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Now, you would probably be in considered. Thank you. One of the top three. Carrington, that's your, probably your top three. <laughs> I mean, there is no way in hell that I'm worried about Cody Tapp. Okay. Or Wachowski. Right. Love the guys, but I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scotty Miller just needs to shut up. Like, there is no way. Like, have we not watched the next-gen stats? Did we not watch last year when Tyreek Hill caught up to his running back and embarrassed him? Did we not watch this year when somebody intercepted Pat Trick and then Tyreek Hill sped up to him and caught him and made him fumble the ball? Like, do we not know around the league that there's nobody faster than Tyreek Hill? Can anyone in the league do what he did last year and turn a five-yard slant into a 71-yard run? The answer is no. And I thought Armani, Armani Watts had a great tweet yesterday when he said, "These and this is misquoted, but this was basically the gist of the quote, people need to stop this talk when it comes to being faster than 10. They got to get to 17 first. The second fastest guy in the league might be McCole Hardman. And he's not as fast as Tyreek Hill because they've <laughs> raced each other. And we know that. Yeah, they, Stop they, it. They did do a race. And we know who won. And we know McCall Hardman runs a 4-2 something. We know Tyreek Hill at 27 damn years old runs a 4-2-5. Mm-hmm. People on other teams continue to do this with the Chiefs. And you know how the Chiefs respond? The way you heard the audio coming back from that last break. Hey, they need help. Help is on the way. I'm pulling a Shannon Sharp. Tyreek Hill doesn't come out and say anything to Scotty Miller. He just said, that's cool, man. You're a hell of a player. Believe in yourself. Mahomes, at the end of the day, gets interviewed by Dan Patrick. You can find the audio on the Twitter sphere. And he says, yeah, I'm just going to take my guy. Not, well, we clearly know Tyreek's faster. And all you're doing is just giving this team that's already the best team in the league with their starters going 14-1, and one, beating everybody except the Raiders and the Chargers in a Week 17 game that didn't matter, beating the best, supposedly the best next team in the AFC, the Bills, and you just give this team more motivation. And I'm not saying that Tyreek Hill is going to go to bed at night and be like, man, Scotty Miller's annoying. But he's going to do something in this Super Bowl now because of the comments that Scotty Miller made. And if I'm somebody on Tampa Bay's team, I'm pulling Scotty Miller aside, kind of like Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey in that uh, nice documentary slash series they had on HBO called True Detective. Limited series, mini series. I'm going to pull them aside. I'm going to be like, hey, man, why? <laughs> Why'd you do it? Just shut up. And it just doesn't make sense. But you know what? If it fuels a fire for a team that's already too damn good for everybody else, keep doing it because you're just going to keep getting burned.
Yeah, the the Chiefs are pretty pretty much coached on this, where you bring up any kind of comparison thing, and they know that that's a flag to say, you know, that I'm not going to comment on any compare any players because this is exactly what happens. And Dan Patrick asked Scott Miller the question, and he took the bait. He's a 23-year-old receiver who's confident in what he does, and he made the mistake yeah. of saying that he's faster than Tyreek Hill. And I just go back to last week when Tyreek Hill is still referencing the return specialist thing. We talked about that here on the Run It Back Playoff show about how he's still talking oh. about something from 2018. And so, of course, he's going to be thinking about this in the Super Bowl. This is clearly a team when you have Patrick Mahomes counting on his fingers for every single time that someone says something wrong about him, that knows what's being said out there. That is motivated by this type of thing. And this is a player in Hill who had 13 receptions on 15 targets for 269 yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter alone. Seven catches, 203 yards, two touchdowns. He didn't need any more motivation, Scotty. And then he goes and and does this. By the way, Tyreek Hill will join the media today, one o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio. You know he's going to be asked about that. And it's just one of the first storylines in what is going to be a lot of storylines, I think, like this because everybody (laughs) talks during Super Bowl week. That happens next week. And I'm interested in seeing if – this is a lesson to the Buccaneers where you're right, where Bruce Arians goes up to the team and says, guys, we don't need to be saying anything in particular about the Chiefs. They're motivated enough. They're good enough. Because you're right. It seems like the Chiefs are looking for this type of thing. Please doubt us. Please doubt us, right. Colin Cowherd. Please doubt us, NFL Network, ESPN. Put up that graphic that Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes, please, because we want to talk about it, and then we want to prove you wrong. And the thing that is even better is that you know Mahomes saw that graphic before that game started. Right. But he didn't say anything. And then after the game's over, then the tweet comes. The emoji of the of the emoji face of the, of the thinking, like, okay. And then it's like, if I was Tyreek Hill today in the media – I just would call him Scott. <laughs> I wouldn't call him Scotty. I'd be like, yeah, you know, Scott's comments. You, you got to earn your why. But the thing that's going to happen. Find your why. Well, he's going to earn his L here real soon in about a, about 10 okay. days. We're going to cover the whole alphabet. Yeah. The thing about it, though, is that here's what's great about it. I really actually I don't know because Tyreek is the guy that I think might. He might actually let loose. But the thing about the Chiefs and everybody else, and this is kind of a sub- not Reddit. This is like kind of like a subtopic towards this mm-hmm. is that the Chiefs know they don't have to bark back. Like they're the dog. And I don't know if you've ever noticed if you've ever gone like before on, on, the game. To be fair, before yeah. the game, they don't have to talk because they'll 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 jab a little bit. That's afterwards. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like when this happens, like they'll say something after the game. Right. But like before the game, like that's where I want, like, if there ever is like a documentary on this team that somebody has like in the locker room with camera footage and all this kind of stuff. This is where I want to see like before the game goes out and somebody pulls Tyreek Hill aside and says, all right, go show that guy just exactly who you are. That's what I want to see because the thing is, is in their media opportunities, they're so professionally like polished that Tyreek's going to be like, ah, you know, man, like that guy has his own opinions. He can do whatever he wants. That's why my favorite entity if you want to call it that, on the Chiefs is between the white lines, Mahomes, because Mahomes is so respectful 
and humble and everything at the podium. You know, and I, I think that's one of the best parts about him as he represents both the team and the city. Right. You catch him sometimes during the game. And I'll give you an example that just comes to my head. After that Titans run, he's shaking his head. Right. He's flexing. Sometimes he'll bark back at the team if maybe there's a push out of bounds where he's saying first down or, you know, counting the flag, things like that. He is a competitive mother you-know-what. Right. And I love that version of him. And you really only get it in-game, which is exactly what you want. And what's crazy before we go to break and, and come back to set you up with, with what is the rest of the day on 610 Sports Radio here on the Run It Back show, the thing that's crazy is that I feel like Pat's, like the thorn in Pat's side, Patrick Mahomes' side is where he got drafted and right. what his legacy can be, how they're like, well, there's another torch that needs to be passed. Because like we said earlier, there's apparently two torches now, uh, a regular I mean, season, I mean, a postseason. so many torches. And then I think the thing that gets Tyreek Hill going is when you question the man's speed. Because this is a man that went out and challenged Usain Bolt, who's the fastest man I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life, and said he wanted to do, like, Olympics track. And now you have this guy it's named true. Scotty. Tyreek was thinking about the Olympics. Right. The Olympics. And here's Scotty. I don't even. Scotty Miller. What's his last name? It is Miller. Yeah, Scotty Miller. Scott, just shut up. I don't know. Either way. Miller, but, Miller had no yards against the Chiefs. It's not Miller time. It's not. Okay. It's, it's, not, right. it's definitely not. All right. As much as I want it to be right, right. now at 546 in the yeah. morning here on 610 Sports Five Radio. o'clock somewhere. That's Pete Sweeney. I'm Dusty Likens. This is the Run It Back show here on 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back playoff show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. One more snap. Mahomes goes to a knee. The trophy stays here. Because the Lamar Hunt Trophy stays anchored in the hearts of everyone who shares Lamar Hunt's vision. The Chiefs Kingdom captures the trophy and it stays here. Yes, the Chiefs are back-to-back AFC champions. And the Super Bowl 54 champions are ready to run it back. They are headed to Super Bowl 55 as a road team to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Chiefs win the AFC Championship 38, Buffalo 24. Once again, that's Mitch Holtis on the call. 106.5 The Wolf, pregame, postgame, every single Chiefs game. Make sure you're tuned in in about 10 days. Peach, you let the people know who's speaking today when it comes to media availability. Yeah, great day here, of course, on 610 Sports Radio, leading up to Fesco in the morning coming up in just a few minutes. They'll have Therese Paler on 8.30 a.m. And then later today at 1 p.m. right here on 610 Sports Radio, you get Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Tyron Matthew, and Chris Jones. That leads you right into the drive. So a lot of good Chiefs talk. Make sure you stay with us. Pete, off the air, I kind of have a, a theory okay. that with, with Scott Miller – uh, given this, You're this still on Miller. Oh yeah, if he's gonna give this to Tyreek, and let's say the Chiefs do win the Super Bowl, I want Tyreek Hill to line up on the goal line. Yeah, like ready to go for a forty-yard dash, and not move. Just pause. Just stay that way. And when people come up to Tyreek. And they're saying, like you're James Palmer, for example, right? Like, hey man, what are you doing? Like, you look like you're ready for a race. He's like, oh yeah, man, just waiting for Scotty, right? Waiting for Scotty Miller. 
That's when he should do it. So Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Rather than celebrating with the Lombardi, you want him to yes. taunt. So if Tyreek Hill is up, <laughs> I'm going to advocate for this. I'm going to push this now. So if Tyreek Hill, if you're up and you're listening to 610 Sports Radio, or if you listen yeah, to this, this podcast, to, yeah. pl- he could be. He gets up. He's a workout freak. <laughs> if right. you win the Super Bowl, please line up on the goal line and when they ask you what you're doing, say you're waiting for Scott. Don't call that man Scotty. Call that man Scott and say you're waiting for him to do a race to really settle this because you know he won't come out then. But speaking of people that do come out and speaking of Tyree Kill when it comes to the playoffs, the stat that we found today, Pete, thanks to Pro Football Focus, the most receiving yards in the postseason since 2018. Want to take a guess who the top three are? I'll spoil alert for you. Number one is Tyree Kill. You want to guess two and three? I got to think they're Chiefs, or we wouldn't be talking about it. That's right. Number two, Travis Kelsey. Number three, Sammy Watkins. Those are your three leading receiving yards candidates in the postseason since 2018. Tyreek Hill was 609, Kelsey was 565, and Sammy Watkins with 464. That just tells you something about the Chiefs' weapons. And what will be interesting about this game is, man, if, I feel if you had a better quarterback on the Bucs side – one that could play a full game. Brady's first half was way better than his second half in the NFC title game. You would be dealing with some of the best skill position players in the league, period. I mean, you just mentioned who the Chiefs should have. We we do expect Sammy Watkins to be back for this game, but even on the Bucks side with Antonio Brown and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk, there was just a better quarterback on the other side. I you know, Mahomes is just so much better right now than Tom Brady, and that's that's the difference here. It's just crazy to think about how we have all of these narratives or these talking points on the Super Bowl. And to me, I get it. Tom Brady, the percentage of Super Bowls played and the history of them and what, 18% are in Tom Brady's that's favor. That's unbelievable. Which that's a crazy stat. That's that's fine. But the thing about it is, is you go on this list of, of crazy stats that continue to pour out of the Super Bowl where it's or the matchups where it's Gronk versus Kelsey. And it's just interesting when you look at the top three receiving candidate or top three re- receiving leaders the last three years of the playoffs. Chiefs have been in the playoffs the last three years. Obviously, they've been at home for the playoff AFC championship for the last three years. But the thing that's crazy about this is that the leading receivers are all Kansas City Chiefs receivers. One's a tight end. One's one of the receivers that leads the league every year in crazy stats, whether it's touchdowns or longest touchdown scored. But either way, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's all three of their receivers that lead. Nobody else's receiver has a chance. Good for Watkins being on there after missing this entire postseason. Well, we'll find out more on if if Sammy Watkins' injury is coming up uh, or going down when it comes to that calf strain. And we'll find out more from Tyree Kill today, Patrick Mahomes, all of those people speaking today at a media availability. For Pete Sweeney, I'm Dusty Likens. Thanks again for listening to the Run It Back show. You know what's coming up next. If you don't, I'll tell you. It's Klingler, it's Fesco, it's Wachowski. It's Fesco in the morning. They start your day off on a Thursday here on 610 Sports Radio. Be easy, Kansas City. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. 
It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics.